We're going to move into our message this morning and look to God's Word and continue on in the series that we started um, a couple weeks ago. But I, I just want to make mention, so today is actually Pentecost Sunday. Um, so churches all over the United States and really all around the world today are celebrating the day of Pentecost and focusing on the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit and, and talking through that. And so uh, we actually, two Sundays ago, we talked about the day of Pentecost. That's, that's what we talked through. We looked at Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2 and talked through the day of Pentecost. As we've been in a series called, What Are You Full Of? And we're looking at the Holy Spirit. And the whole concept, right, is whatever we're full of is what's going to come out. That's what we talked about the first week. You know, whatever we put into our hearts, into our minds, is what's going to come out of us. In the same sense, physically, right? Whatever we put into our bodies is what's going to come out of our bodies. And so that, that's kind of the, the concept of the series is what are you full of, right? Are, are, we, are we making room for the Holy Spirit to come and move in our lives? Or are we so full of the things of this world that really there's not room for the Holy Spirit to come and move and work in our lives? That's what we talked about the first week. And as I said, two weeks ago, we talked about the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down upon the apostles and those who were gathered together there in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. And today we're going to look at one verse that, that we looked at previously two weeks ago, and then we're going to continue on in the book of Acts and look at how the Holy Spirit is truly available to everyone. Right? The, the, the title today would be, He Came for Everyone. The Holy Spirit came for everyone. And so, as I said, we're going to look at one verse we looked at last week, or two weeks ago, uh, and if you remember, right, right after the day of Pentecost, or right after it happened, the crowd started to amass around Peter and the other apostles, and they began to kind of wonder what was going on, right? They hear them speaking in their language, and they're from all around the world. They're going, how are these people speaking in our language? They're, they're a bunch of Galileans. They, they, they shouldn't know our languages. And all of a sudden, they're speaking and talking about the wonders of who God is in their language, and they're asking questions. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're drunk. You know, they're, they're just they're trying to figure out what's going on. And Peter, what does he do? He takes a play out of Jesus' playbook, right? I talked about that. Je Peter learned from Jesus. And what does he do? He goes and he takes an Old Testament scripture, and he uses it to talk to the Jews, right? Because that's what Jesus would do, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees would try to come and catch him or trap him or do different things. He'd actually go back and say, no, this is actually what the Old Testament says, right? And as good Jews, they knew what the Old Testament said. They studied it. They learned it from the time that they were young. And so Peter went back and he quoted the prophet Joel. And I'm not going to read the whole prophecy, but in Joel chapter 2, he, proph he prophesied. And this is the one verse we're going to look at to get us started this morning. Joel chapter 2, verse 38, or 32, sorry. It says, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Right? Joel is saying that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I love this verse. Why? Simply just because it says everyone. Maybe that you're like, what do you mean? But it's that idea. It says that everyone is available to call on the name of the Lord and be saved. We went on to discuss how if God desires then for all people to be saved, then his desire is also for all people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. However, we know at the day of Pentecost, that wasn't necessarily what everyone was thinking. Right? The, the Holy Spirit came, but there were still ones that were questioning, well, who is the Holy Spirit for? 
Or who can be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Who, who's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Is that for everyone? Is it just for a few people? What does that look like? Who is the Holy Spirit for? Right? And some thought, well, this is just for the Jews. This is, this is something that's for the Jewish people. Or this is something that's just for the apostles. And as we continue reading on in the book of Acts, we find out that the Holy Spirit came for everyone. And we'll get to that point in a little bit. We're going to start in chapter 10 of Acts. So if you're following along in your Bible, you can feel free to turn there. Otherwise, it will be on the screen behind me. Starting with verse 1, we're going to read about Cornelius the Centurion. It says, at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. Then the angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of the attendants. He told them everything that had happened and he sent them off to Joppa. Right? So that, this is kind of our launching point today of, of Cornelius the centurion, right? He's a foreigner. He's a foreigner. He's a Roman centurion who has a vision from God, right? He has a vision. Angel appears to him. And in this passage, it says that both he and his family, they were devout. They were God-fearing. They prayed regularly, it says. And the angel goes, God has heard your prayers. He, he's, he's seen what you've done for the poor. And now I want you to send for a man named Simon, or often called Peter. Right? That, that, that's it. There's no more explanation. He just says, I want you to call for a man named Simon, or also known as Peter. He's in Joppa. Send men to go find him and bring him back to you in Caesarea. Think about that for a moment, right? The angel didn't tell him why. How many times in our life when people ask us something, or even God or the Holy Spirit is prompting us, or asking us to do something, and we don't really know why, what's the first thing we say? Why? Right? Why, why, why do I need to do that? What, what, is, what is the importance of me taking this step? You know, why, why, what is, why do I need to do this? Cornelius doesn't ask that. He just simply says, okay. He, he gets... Two of his, his men and a soldier, and he sends them off to go find Peter. And at the same time, the next day, when, when these men are traveling off to Joppa to go get Peter, here Peter is having his own vision. Right? He's having a different vision at the same time while the men are traveling to see him. So if we continue reading on in chapter 10 with verse 9, it says, About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being pre prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened up and something like a large sheet being let down to the earth by his four corners. 
It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told them, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out that Simon's house, or find out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to them, I am the one you are looking for. Why have you come? Right, so you started off in this passage, Peter went up on his roof to pray, which makes me laugh, right? Because I think all of us, right, when we want to pray, what do we do? We go up on our roof, right? No, we don't do that. Although, you know, culturally it's a little different the way their houses were built. Oftentimes, you know, they had kind of like more of a terrace type thing on the roof. So it, it's not out of the ordinary that they would have gone on top of a structure. But it just sticks out to me today to think, you know, the last thing we want to do is go sit on a metal roof or, you know, asphalt shingles and let the sun really beat down on that. And, um, but he's, he's praying. And, of course, what else happens? He begins to get hungry, Right? It just seems like there's those times when you go to pray where all of a sudden it's like every distraction Satan can throw at you starts to throw at you, right? You become hungry, you become sleepy, whatever it may be. It's just like he tries to do whatever he can to stop you from being able to pray, to get into that place of spending time in prayer with the Lord. But as the meal was being put together, it says he fell into a trance or fast asleep and he had a vision. And it's very descriptive as you read through the passage. Peter also talks about a little bit in, in, in chapter 11, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But Peter saw what it looked like. It said it was a large sheet falling down from the sky, right, from the four corners of the sky. And it had all kinds of different four-footed animals as well as different reptiles and birds that were on the sheet that was falling down. When all of a sudden he hears a voice that says, Peter, Get up, kill, and eat. Why is this significant? Because Peter, they didn't eat unclean food, right? There, there was a lot of restrictions and laws and, and different things as far as their background and culturally went that you didn't eat certain animals, right? You didn't eat certain hooved animals like pigs and whatnot. It, they didn't do that. But all of a sudden, all these animals are appearing now on the sheets and reptiles and birds. Peter says, no way. I, I've never eaten anything that's unclean or impure. So, of course, he responds by saying no. And then the Lord speaks to him again. He says, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Right? It's a statement that's being made right here. Three times this happens. And then it says that it, it, Peter comes out of the vision or goes away. And all of a sudden, at, at, right about the same time, these three men show up at, at Simon's house. And they go, is this the place where Simon, also known as Peter, is at? 
And Peter's up top, right on top of the house, still thinking, what was this vision all about? Right? What, what was God trying to teach me in this? What was he trying to tell me in this? And the Spirit is going, Peter, there's three men who are downstairs that are waiting for you. You're to go with them. Don't hesitate. Go downstairs, and you are to go with them. So he goes downstairs, and, and he asks, and he says, I'm Peter, I'm the one that you're here for. What have you come for? They explain to him the, the dream that Cornelius had. And Peter invites them into the house for the evening to break bread and have fellowship. And then the next day, they head back out to Caesarea to Cornelius' house. And that's where we're going to pick the story back up. We're going to jump forward a little bit to verse 27 of Acts chapter 10. It says, while talking with him, that at this point now they're at Cornelius' house. They, he has gone into Cornelius' house in Caesarea. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against the law, our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So what I was sent for, I came without when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent me? And then jump down to verse 33. It says, Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us, Cornelius says. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what's right. Right? So we see here in this passage that all of a sudden, right, he's at Cornelius' house and he walks inside and he finds himself in a rather large group of people. Right? I don't think Peter quite expected that. He thought, oh, I'm going to see Cornelius. Well, in the meantime, Cornelius had gathered all his friends and his close friends and his family members together because he wanted all of them to hear what Peter was going to have to say. So he walks into this house and there's a, there's a large gathering of people there with friends and, and relatives of Cornelius who is there. And Peter immediately starts by saying, reminding him, right? Hey, you guys, you know that this is against the law, right? I'm not actually supposed to be here. As a Jew, I'm not supposed to be hanging out with or associating with Gentiles in this situation. Right? So just let them know right off the bat that this is something that normally I shouldn't be doing. But I'm here right now. Why? He said, because God recently showed me that I'm no longer to call anything impure that God has made clean. I'm no longer to call anything impure unclean that God has made clean. So he said, I came without hesitation. Again, this is another act where, where Peter heard and he, he understood what was going on. And he simply said, yes, I'm willing to go. He just, he had obedience. And he did what the Holy Spirit was asking him to do. Just as Cornelius did. Right? If Cornelius doesn't have obedience and faith enough in God to send out the three men to go find Peter, Peter doesn't end up back at the house at this point. But Cornelius had faith. Peter responds in faith and obedience. Peter then asks him, he says, again, he says, why did you send for me, Cornelius? Cornelius again explains the vision to Peter and says, now we want to hear from you what the Lord has commanded you to tell us. 
He makes it clear. He goes, Peter, I believe that the Lord has given you something to say to us today. Now I want you to share that with us. So Peter goes on to tell them that I now realize that the Lord shows no favoritism towards anyone, but he accepts all people who fear him and do what's right. I don't know if you realize it, but for a Jew to say that, that's a really big deal. Right? That's a really big deal for Peter to come and say, God does not show favoritism. But yet God opens himself up to all people who fear him and do what is right. That's a big deal. Because remember, how did this, this passage open? It opened with Peter saying, just remember guys, I actually shouldn't be here. According to the law, I'm not supposed to be here with you. But I am because I believe God has something to share with you. And then he goes on to tell them what happened with Jesus, right? Peter goes on and he tells them, you, you know, you've heard the gospel. You've heard about what happened in Jerusalem and Judea. And you know the different things that are going on. And you know that now as apostles, we've been called to witness the gospel. To share the gospel with others. And as Peter's sitting here, he's sharing the gospel. He's sharing what Jesus' life was like and different things. It's amazing what happens to the crowd. Right? We're going to pick it up now in verse 44. It says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers, or the Jews, who had come with Peter, were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their, be of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Right? It says here that the Holy Spirit fell upon the crowd while Peter was sitting there talking to them. He was talking to them, sharing the gospel, sharing about Jesus and what his life was all about. And all of a sudden it says that the Holy Spirit began to fall upon them. That those who were there with Peter, some of the other Jews, they couldn't believe that they were seeing Gentiles being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was evident by the fact that they were speaking in tongues and that they were praising the Lord. Peter then goes on to say that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit just as we have. Who are we now to stand in the way of you being baptized in water, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? This is the first recording in Scripture that we find of Gentiles being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's the first time we, we, we read about it in Scripture, the Gentiles being baptized in the Holy Spirit. So you can imagine, like any time something is a first, it was probably met by some opposition, right? People that were questioning, people that were wondering, going, I don't know, are you sure about this? Is, this? is this real? Even some of the apostles, right, were kind of wondering, I'm not sure that this is for the Gentiles. I don't know. And that's where Acts chapter 11 comes into play, the next chapter, right? Most of the apostles are gathered together in Jerusalem, and Peter goes to Jerusalem to give an account for what he's seen. He goes and he says, guys, this is what's happened in Caesarea. This is what happened when I went to Cornelius' house. This is the vision that God gave me when I was in Joppa. He begins to explain to them what he had been doing, the vision, 
what God had done, how the Holy Spirit had fallen upon the Gentiles. Right? It seems a little bit odd that, that one of the apostles would have to be almost, in a way, defending himself to the other apostles. Right? Having, having to say, no, this is what God is doing. This is what has happened. And after he's done talking to the other apostles, I love their response. Verse 18 of chapter 11. It says, when they heard this, they had no further objection and praised God, saying, So then, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Right? So then, even God has granted repentance that leads to life to the Gentiles. I'm thankful for that this morning, because I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure probably almost every single one of us in here this morning is a Gentile, right? And I'm thankful for the fact that it's not just for the Jews. And I'm not even just talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about salvation. I'm talking about repentance. I'm talking about forgiveness from sins. It's for all people. And again here, this is another example where the other apostles who kind of had some questions, who maybe weren't sure about who the Holy Spirit was for, as Peter explained it, and I'm sure as the Holy Spirit was working inside of them and their hearts and their minds, they simply said, okay, God, like that's wonderful. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is not just for us. The Holy Spirit is for all people. It's for everyone. Again, they had that faith. Cornelius displayed that faith. Peter displayed that faith. Now the rest of the apostles are displaying that faith and going, God, if you're saying it, we believe it's true. Who are we to question what you are saying to us? I love the amount of faith that each person shows throughout the story. Why do I share that? Because I hope it can be an encouragement to us to say, this is what happens when we have faith. Because again, right, it's a chain reaction. Cornelius' faith starts all of us. Right? The Holy Spirit, he has a vision from an angel that begins this whole process. But his obedience to send out to get Peter. Then Peter's obedience to come. And to share what God laid upon his heart. And then for Peter to go back and to share with the apostles. And for them to receive that word from God. It all took faith. So what would happen if that faith that they had rose up inside of us today? Right? What would happen if maybe that, that thing that God is asking you to do is the start of another chain reaction like it was with Cornelius? Right? Maybe it seems simple. Maybe it seems small and, and rather insignificant. Who are we to say what's insignificant in God's eyes? Right? Who are we to say that seems too small to make a difference? Right? It all starts with the tiniest of an impact. I know many times today it's hard for us to simply accept what God says or to simply accept what the Holy Spirit says. But I want to encourage us. Listen. Respond in obedience. For we never know what can happen as the Holy Spirit guides and directs us. So again, why do I share this story today? Why, why are we looking at, at the story of Cornelius and, and Peter and the vision that God gave both of them? Because I believe that just as the apostles in Jerusalem, who had a hard time understanding what Peter was doing and preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, that today in our world, in our culture, that as believers, that as a church, 
I think sometimes we truly have a hard time believing that the gospel and the Holy Spirit is for everyone. I think sometimes we have a hard time really believing that the gospel and the Holy Spirit is truly for everyone. Right? That, that might seem harsh, but I think it's the truth. We become blinded by certain things. Culture tells us today that we're to separate and to divide people into different groups, right? Based on all kinds of different criteria. Look, look at it however you want. Race, gender, socioeconomic, religious, whatever it is. Our culture today says separate everybody about, segregate everybody. We don't want unity, we want division. Right? That's, that's what the culture, the world we live in today tells us. And it tells us too that there are certain groups of people that have certain rights that others don't. Right? It's saying that, that a certain race has a right to do this when another race doesn't. Or a certain gender can do this when another gender can't. Or a certain economic class can do this when another one can't. Right? We're putting all these rules and restrictions and regulations on what people can do. And that's exactly what the apostles were doing here. They were saying, this is for the Jews. Right? This, this, isn't, this isn't for the Gentiles. Until Cornelius responded to an angel that came to him. Peter responded by going and sharing. And the apostles received the word that God spoke through Peter about the Holy Spirit being for all people. That we are to never question what is impure, unclean, that God has made clean. Right? We, when in fact we know that Jesus came to live, to die, and to raise again for all people. For all people. Not just us here this morning in the sanctuary. Not just for those in our country. Not just for those that are even alive right now. God came that all people may have life and have it in abundance. He came and he paid for each and every one of our sins. Every one of our sins. So I want to challenge us this morning as a church. Are we truly believing that the gospel message is for all people? Are we truly believing that the Holy Spirit is for all people? Or are we saying, ah, I don't know. Are we believing that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved, as it says in Joel chapter 2? That God desires for all people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I pray that as a church, we're not putting up barriers. That we're not trying to separate people into groups and saying that, you know what? The gospel's not for you. The Holy Spirit's not for you. No, he is. He's here for all people. He came for everyone. Kennedy, if I get you and Rachel to come back up at this time. God has shown each of us his grace and his mercy by giving us new life through him. Right? It's only by God's grace and mercy that you and I can find new life through Christ. And there are many around us in our community, in our workplace, in our schools, inside of our families, 
that need to experience God's grace and mercy so that they can find new life through him as well. So what are we doing to help people know that the gospel is for everyone? What are we doing to help people understand that the Holy Spirit came for everyone? Not just you and I, not just the Jews, not just the select group of people, but that he's available to all people. I want to leave us with this thought before we close in prayer here in a moment. This is what the Apostle Peter said. He said, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? Right? Think about that for a moment. Peter, the one who started the, the early church, goes, who am I to stand in the way of what God is trying to do? So I change that. Who are we? Who are you? Who am I to stand in the way of what God is wanting to do in people's lives? Right? We don't know what God is doing inside the hearts and minds of the people that we come into contact with. We don't know what the Holy Spirit's doing underneath the surface, right? We talked about that a couple weeks ago. We don't always know what's happening underneath the surface, what the Holy Spirit is, is doing inside of somebody. And maybe God is saying, now is the moment that I want you to speak to them. Now is the moment that I want you to go and to do this. We need to respond in obedience and say, yes, Lord. Not ask, not ask the question, why? But saying, yes, God, whatever you ask, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to go. I'm willing to be used. Father, again, we come before you this morning. We ask, Father, that you would give us eyes to see as you. Father, that our hearts would be like your heart, Father, for all people. I was reminded in our, our time of prayer right now that, God, the same love that you have for your son Jesus is the same love that you have for us. And we thank you for that love, Lord, that unconditional, never-ending, unchanging, unwavering love that you have for us. But Father, I pray that you would help us today, Father, to have the confidence, to have the boldness, to be obedient, to step forward and be your hands and feet, to chisel the iron range around the world. Father, that we wouldn't allow the, the barriers of culture, the barriers of our world today, to dictate who we think the gospel is for, who we think the Holy Spirit has come for. For your word makes it clear that you have come for all people. For all people are created in your image. Your desire is to have relationship with all people. To pour your Holy Spirit out upon all people. And Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for the promises that we find in your word. So God, I pray as we go out now that you'll give us opportunities to be a witness. That maybe if there's, there's areas or there's groups of people or whatever it may be, that maybe we've struggled to see the way you see them. God, I pray you give us opportunities to step forward and to share with them. That we would have the faith to do so. As Cornelius did. As Peter did. As the apostles did. Build faith inside of us, I pray, Lord. 
God, we exalt you, we honor you, we lift you up. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who guides and directs us in all that we do. Be with us now, we pray, Lord. Help us to be light in the darkness around us. That those who don't know you yet may come to know you. We thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.